We're glad you're joining us here at Common Thread Online. This is a recording of our community gathering as we do each week to think together about the spiritual journey. At the end of the lesson, we open the floor for discussion, but we'd love to hear what you're thinking as well. On our website are directions to download our app. Once you have it, join the group. What are you thinking? We'd love to connect with you there. Ugliness going on in our world right now. A whole lot of othering. A whole lot of killing that kind of follows on the othering. It doesn't seem to stop. In our own nation, we uh, see malfunctioning institutions uh, and glaring character deficits that drive the malfunctioning of our institutions. And as often happens in times, places like this, people who didn't do the thing end up paying the price for the thing. And so I would not be surprised if you, along with many, are a little discouraged, a little disheartened of late. Thinking about that, the disheartening that many feel, it occurred to me that part of our disheartenedness is embedded in our human wiring. We evolved, you and I, in contexts in which we could affect change. We could affect change uh, in our circumstances, in our lives, in a way that we cannot now that we lived in a globalized context. We evolved in a world in which if something was bad, we could then go change that bad thing. And we could do that in tribes of 20 to 50. We could do that if tribes even extended to several hundred. We could, if we worked together, solve problems. But part of our pain today is that we no longer have that capacity. Uh, if you watch the cluster show, by the way, that was a carefully chosen word. The amalgam of two words, leaving two words out. <laughs> In case you weren't paying attention, we're leaving out the word fuck and shit. <laughs> cluster fuck and shit show. <laughs> we're going to call it a cluster show. <laughs> The outgrouping that's going on in the Middle East, the, the, uh, the hatred that's emerging in Russia and the Ukraine. And when we look at those things and the magnitude of those things, the, the scope of them is beyond how our lives run. The scope of them is beyond how our days run. And that feeling of being unable to affect change, it runs cross-grain to hardwiring that we picked up way, way back on the savannah. And so, feeling impotent in a situation feels wrong. Feeling impotent feels like we should be able to do something. And we know, when we think about it logically, we can't, but we feel at a very visceral level that we should. So, that that we have this interior sense to being, of being able to make change, we live in a globalized context and we can't, in which we can't make change, that will be a kind of a roundabout starting point for us to talk about our next technology of transformation. And that will be purpose and meaning. Purpose and meaning. So I mentioned I'm reading about boys and men. Uh, we're having trouble in our society. Uh, failure to launch is a term that's often bandied about. 
but in large numbers and by many metrics, uh, men and boys are not thriving, are not flourishing. Mental health problems, depression and anxiety, suicide and addiction, social isolation, violence and crime at rates higher than other developed nations. Incarceration rates, that's a complex one, but also at higher rate than other nations. Education decline, earning capacity decline, a growing achievement gap, even physical health outcomes. So of course, parents of boys are concerned, but as a society, we need to all be concerned because if boys and men don't thrive, they make trouble, and then we all don't thrive. So I've been reading, and I've been inviting you to read along with me. Well, one of the first things to stand out in my reading is how changes in our society, good changes, changes that I would be, uh, I bet you want, changes that I want. Those changes, however, have stranded boys and men between two ways of finding purpose in their lives, stranded them between two ways of finding meaning in their lives. Here's the problem. If we don't find purpose in our lives, we don't find meaning, and we do not thrive. And in larger and larger numbers, men and boys are not. In the past, many men and boys found purpose and meaning by stepping into a socially recognized uh, role, and that was the role of warrior or the role of hero. And while warfare still exists, it is much more limited than it, wa than it was in other times. Consequently, fewer and fewer boys move into the role of warrior or hero. Now, we all pray that fewer and fewer will need to find their meaning in that role. So again, it's a good thing, but it's also a purpose space that is evaporating and becoming less available. Also, our economy opened up to women and not just to men quite some time ago. Consequently, while that is a very good thing, it has become less necessary for boys to step into a previously normalized role as provider or breadwinner. Second income is still important, but the role is no longer uh, as essential as it once was. So again, we've dismantled gender stratification. That's a good thing, but in the process, we have fewer boys and fewer men who are able to find purpose in traditional roles that they once found. Another place that uh, men once found purpose was in being the family leader. But fewer of us, men and women, I bet you don't, I don't want to be part of a family that has a single leader. We want co-leaders. We want to work together in leading our families. So another traditional purpose-finding role, less available than it was, for good reason. But still, the unintended consequences are there are fewer roles in which men find meaning. So. More and more men are not finding purpose in traditional roles, and the new roles have not yet normalized. The new roles have not yet stabilized. Consequently, fewer and fewer boys are emerging into, fewer and fewer men are finding purpose in their lives and meaning. Now, today's lesson isn't about boys or men. It's about purpose, and it's about meaning that we find in purpose. That is a technology of transformation. So, 
We can't make the changes that our bodies tell us need to be made in a globalized environment. We feel the loss of purpose and we just feel it in our bones. Boys and men finding less purpose in traditional roles and feeling the loss and flourishing less. But the same thing is happening as people age in our society. There was a day that if you lived long enough to become an elder, elder became a recognized, socially accepted role. And being in that role of elder gave older people purpose and gave them meaning. It was to you, elder, to give yourself away in service to younger people, to give yourself away in service to tribe and to family, to industry, your circles, to help them thrive as they face life for the first time that you have already faced. But now, 70% consumer economy and older people tend to buy less stuff. So somewhat unconsciously, as a culture, as a society, we have pushed older people to the fringe and rendered older people non-purposed. Undercut this very human way that human beings find purpose, which comes at a cost. Comes at a cost for older people uh, but also for younger people who, facing the hardest season of life, are doing so without support and without context and without mentoring. So, at the root of a fair number of human troubles is a loss of purpose and a loss of meaning that comes with that purpose. Because we, human beings, are wired to give ourselves in service to a purpose that is greater than ourselves. In spiritual language, we would say we are called to give ourselves in service to something greater than ourselves. And absent that deeply human function, we do not thrive. We do not transform. We stagnate. We fold in upon ourselves despair, anxiety, emptiness. But here's the thing. That's actually a pretty old problem. It's not new. The current iterations are a little bit new. It hasn't always been that global heartache on the other side of the planet was our heartache. It hasn't always been that men and boys were stranded between two uh, purpose-giving roles in society. And by the way, I, in the reading that I've been doing, I am pretty energized around the roles that are emerging for boys, the roles that are emerging for men. I think the future looks very good. We can help our boys thrive. But it hasn't always been that old people do not become elders, but the loss of purpose is not new. Loss of meaning when we lose purpose is not new. So thank you, ancient wisdom, for yet again showing us a way forward. Now I've said this before, I hope you've heard it. It is my desire to be at common thread until I die. But Common Thread needs me to not be the primary leader in about four years, maybe less, depending on how things go. But when we make that transition, here's what I hope to be doing in our community. I hope to be working on those two things.
I hope to be working with people who are merging into their uh, adult years to start thinking ahead to what elderhood is going to mean and what it will mean to take their place as elders in a society and in a community. I hope to be helping mom and dads think about how do we equip boys so that they don't fall into toxic masculinity and so we find these new roles and emerge into them. But that is very specific work with very specific things that need to change in very specific ways, things that need to be updated, how we think about elderhood, how we think about masculinity. But the underlying technology, the practice that will transform us and will transform our world, we already know what that is, and it's actually very old. And we can thank Jesus for this. Here is what a yeast looks like under a microscope. What it's doing is budding. And what budding means is one yeast becoming two yeasts and then doing the whole process all over again. They're pretty small, those yeast cells. Uh, on average, they're between three and four, I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Micrometers doesn't sound right, but neither does micrometers. <laughs> so. I'm going to say micrometer. It's probably not wrong, right. But between three and four micrometers is about the width of a strand of spider silk, uh, about a third of the width of a piece of cling wrap. So not big, small, in fact, very small. But Jesus, by all accounts, an insightful teacher, by all accounts, a shrewd observer of the human condition, and without the benefit of a microscope, he chose the yeast as a powerful way to talk about purpose and meaning. You can read about it in uh, Matthew 13. How do we think about, Jesus starts, this thing we cannot even describe? When the divine reality that is in us, in every one of us, gets into a critical mass and is awakened in a critical mass of us, and when we begin to live together, drawing from that inner light, he used a term people understood at the time, it's called the kingdom of God, how do we think about that? And how do we think about getting to that place? And how do we think about being there once we get there? And well, he said, it's like this. It's like a yeast. Not much to look at, any one of them, three micrometers. It would take 133,000 yeasts stacked end to end to just go the width of an average loaf of bread. But that would only be the width as, as wide as a uh, spider's strand is. So it would take a gazillion yeasts to actually be the size of a loaf of bread. This is a yeast giving off uh, gas as it grows and as it multiplies and as it eats and as it digests. And when those few, when those tiny, when those not big enough and not many enough yeasts, when they do what they do and when they give off what they give off, Jesus said it this way, they leaven the whole loaf. Now, that's an important metaphor that Jesus gave us quite some time ago. Uh, it's a metaphor that has stood the test of time. It has stood through times as bad, if not worse, than our time. It has been through the crisis of purpose and meaning that have happened, the many of them that have happened in our history, even bigger than the current crisis we are going through. 
So thank you, Ancient Wisdom, a roadmap for times like this. And here's the elements on the map. First, we start by acknowledging our human mortality, acknowledging our human finitude, acknowledging the limits under which we all live. We live three micrometer lives. We live a third of the width of cling wrap lives. That's what we get, and we don't get any more than that. There was once a theory among historians, a theory of history. It was called the Great Man Theory. It said that history turns on the will and the deeds of a few great men. The theory has long been discredited because it gets very obvious very quickly when we look at history that those that we have called great men weren't, and they, what they were instead was being in the right place at the right time to ride some historical moment, a moment they did not determine. Some moment whose time had come, they happened to be there in that moment when a thing was unfolding. But those moments, those moments whose time had come, came because this yeast thing. Because a gazillion people began to change. A gazillion people began to leaven the loaf. A gazillion people began to rethink the world and to reimagine possibilities and that is the starting place for thinking about purpose and meaning. All any one of us gets a three micrometer life. We don't get to be in charge of the world ourselves. We don't get to be responsible for Ukraine or the Middle East. We don't get to be responsible for the cluster show going on in DC. The truth to be told is that even those who we think might could be in charge all report back, usually after the fact, they don't get to be in charge either. The world happens, history happens the yeast way. And that, counterintuitively, is the starting place for the ancient wisdom's solution to the purpose and meaning problem. We start acknowledging the limits of what is possible. Acknowledging that what we are born into is a three micrometer life. Acknowledging how little any single yeast can do. Because if we don't acknowledge that, we are hijacked by despair. If we don't acknowledge that, we are hijacked by despair. If we don't, we end up not stepping into any purpose because the enormity shuts us completely down. Consequently, we do not find our meaning. If we feel responsible for more than we are responsible for, and by the way, that is the American way. If we feel responsible for more than we are responsible for, before long, we end up doing nothing. And if we look around, there are a lot of people who are doing nothing. We do not find purpose, and we do not find meaning, and we do not transform if we don't start with a recognition of the limits we all carry. So Jesus, so yeast.
purpose is a technology of transformation. And if we find it, if we find our purpose in making the world a better place, when we give off our little bit of gas to leaven the loaf, we do that, the world is changed, we are changed. Here's the problem. If history does unfold the way yeast multiply, then you and I have to believe that the other 8 billion yeast are going to be doing their part. And oftentimes, that is not easy to believe. It can be very difficult to believe that if you do your part, if I do my part, that we can trust that they will do their parts. So, that leaves us with two options. To believe that's true or not believe that's true. So let's start with, let's believe that's true. Let's imagine they don't and they won't. Let's assume that they completely abandon their role making the world better. Now, look around. There's good reason to believe that that is exactly how this thing's going to go. It's, there's also good reason to be suspicious of the idea. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's believe that all the other 8 billion schnooks are not going to follow us and do their part. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then here's what we might have to settle for. We might have to settle for only changing me. Because much more than that, and pretty soon I end up doing nothing and not even changing me. We might have to settle for only you and I working together to change our corner of the world. We might have to settle for only changing housing pricing in Wake County. We might have to settle for only improving mental health options in Wake County. We might have to settle for only working together to improve transportation for people who are displaced because of gentrification. We might have to settle for only teaching our kids to find their purpose and to find their meaning and to serve something greater than themselves. We might have to settle for using this technology so that we do not despair, so that our boys do not fail to launch, so that our old folks emerge into their roles as elders because the peril of not using the technology of not finding purpose, of not finding meaning, the peril of that is that the cost will be exacted upon us. And if the other eight billion do not light candles in the darkness, we might have to settle for just lighting one. You hear the refrain in our community all the time, here, now, small, doable. Here, now, small, doable. When you hear that, you are hearing this technology of transformation. I say it all the time. One option that we do not have if we are going to be on the spiritual journey, one option that we do not have if we take seriously being part of restoring religion, one option we do not have is to do nothing. One option we do not have is to join the chorus of so many others who have been overwhelmed by the enormity of the task and end up doing nothing. We do not have the option to get so caught up in the things that our society is pressing upon us that we do not serve something greater than ourselves. We do not have that option if we take religion seriously. But on the other hand, we also do not have the option to burn out. 
we also do not have the option to do more than, it are, than is ours to do, to take on more than is ours to take on, to live anything more than the three micrometer life that we get. We do something. We do not do nothing. We do something that is here and now and small, doable. We do something, not nothing. If the other eight billion don't do a single thing, we do it anyway. We participate in the process by which history changes. We participate in the process by which human beings find meaning and purpose. We participate in the process by which we ourselves are transformed and in which our small part of the world is transformed. And we do it here, now, small, doable. Yeast. Something, not nothing. But let's consider the other possibility. Let's consider the possibility that the eight billion others might not do nothing. History is full of moments whose time seemed to have suddenly just come. All of a sudden, there's a renaissance. All of a sudden, there's a breakthrough. All of a sudden, there's a global civil rights movement. All of a sudden, apartheid ends. All of a sudden, a war ceases. And it seems like that moment happened when that moment happened. But it did not. It happened slowly over time as a critical mass of people were beginning and then moving into a different way of thinking, beginning to imagine new possibilities. This cluster show that we're living in right now, it is not sustainable. The day will come when people will look up and see how painful it is to keep doing the same stuff that we've been doing. The day will come when people will look up and see the limitations that come from these same old strategies. And when that happens, if ancient wisdom is there in the wings waiting, if an emerging mass of people are there who got there just a little bit before everybody else to show the way, to show what it looks like, to show how it works out, all the sick and tired will look up, be ready for a new thing, and the new thing will be there. And the new thing will be ready. That has happened again and again and again and again through history. When the, the small mass of yeast people, the three micrometer people, are actually getting the way paved and ready, when a moment comes and there's a readiness, there's something there. That's how history works. That's how transformation works. That's why we do not do nothing. That's why we do our part now, even if it feels like we are waiting for history to catch up. That's why we challenge evil by doing good now. That's why we challenge falsehood by being truthful now. That's why we challenge selfishness by serving others now. We challenge resentment and bitterness and long-standing grudges by learning forgiveness now. History is long enough to tell us that sorrow lasts like a long night. It does. But it also tells us that joy will come in the morning. Joy just does come. So while we wait for it, we do not sit on our hands. We employ the ancient technologies of transformation. We find our purpose 
in serving something greater than ourselves. We find our meaning in making the world a better place. We get to live our three micrometer lives and we get to fulfill our purpose on the earth. And we get to serve our corner of the world. We get to go to the places where there are hatred and so love. We get to go to the places where there is injury and we get to sow pardon. We get to go to the places where there is despair and we get to sow hope. We get to go to the places where there is darkness and we get to shine light. We get to go to the places where there is sadness and we get to bring comfort. So, in Dwelling Divine, may we be people of purpose, people of meaning, on this earth, in this time. Amen. Um, what do we do now? We change things around. Uh, we got to say, all right. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to say goodbye to you all now. Uh, so hopefully the sound was better for you today. Uh, let us know if it wasn't. We'll fix it again. Um, we're going to let you all be dismissed. In the room here, we're going to do what are you thinking. And uh, there is a way for you to also do what are you thinking. And we have found it one of the most meaningful parts of our community's life together because it's one thing to listen to a talking head. Brilliant though that talking head may be. But it's another thing to become the talking head, to become the one who then processes out loud. And so we do that on Zoom. You can find the link there in the YouTube notes. Uh, you can also find it on our website on the front page. And uh, if you go there, you will eventually be asked for a password. It is 1417, 1417. And uh, we're going to dismiss you now. Let's go ahead and put our hands on our hearts as they go. And let's remember that we are, as we said earlier, every one of us carriers of the indwelling divine. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the fruit of the indwelling spirit is in us. And let's look for opportunities, if you would extend your other hand to our city, to share what's already there inside of us with the people that we live and work and go to school with, looking for opportunities to repair and to heal our worlds. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. Those of us here in the room, we are not dismissed. If these recordings help you move forward on your spiritual journey, we hope you'll take an ownership stake in the community and support the health and well-being of the community. Go to our website, commonthreadchurch.org. The donate button is right there on the top. Thank you.